Hi friends, good morning. Today we are talking about some ways to review and assess and plan for next semester using a December review project. My name is Victoria Bowler and this is episode 42 of Elemental Conversations. This morning, right before I recorded this podcast, I had two topics that I've been having some conversations around recently. One was for looking for choir music, and then the other one was this idea of what on earth to do with students in December. <laughs> um, and so I just jumped on Instagram stories and put it to a vote, and that is how we are arriving at this specific conversation. So we'll save choral music for another time. Today, we are talking about creating a December review project for your elementary general music classroom. This is my process, but I think that it is a flexible enough topic and and a flexible enough approach that you can adapt it or create your own uh, projects for your own classroom to suit whatever it is you need. So before we jump in, I would like to talk really quickly about teacher readiness. A lot of times we think about student readiness in terms of projects. You know, what do students need to know? What do they need to uh, show the skills of doing before they will engage in this process and have a lot of success? I actually want to think about this in terms of teacher readiness. I did an, uh, an episode about lesson planning when you're burnt out. That is episode 12. And I want to be just conscious of the fact that many teachers right now are experiencing burnout for very good reason. This is a challenging year. And so if you feel absolutely burnt out, like you are at your max capacity right now, you are per- potentially not ready and not in a great place to have this big elaborate review project with lots of improvisation and creating original material based on a book and everything like that. It's possible that this is the time to watch a movie. (laughs) This is the time to do a winter coloring sheet or something like that. Maybe this is time to sit back and let the screen teach the students, you know, so know your capacity. And if this is not something that fills you with excitement, then perhaps you listen to this episode and just kind of keep it in the back of your mind and save these ideas for the spring. Now, of course, I would hope that thinking about new creative possibilities for your classroom would be something that is energizing, but I want to make sure that we are framing this in the context of what teachers are uh, ready to tackle at this particular moment in time. Okay, so you know your own capacity. All right, with that said, let's jump into these recent December review projects because I'm very excited about them. Like I said, this is my personal process for constructing these projects. All of these things that we are talking about today are inside the planning binder and I am putting them up. I've worked this weekend and I'll continue to work uh, through this evening to put up these projects as individual products so that you can purchase them if you're not inside the planning binder. And I'm planning on uh, releasing a half off code so that you can get these projects half off. Um, But I will also share how I think about putting these projects together so that if you do not want to be inside the planning binder and you do not want to purchase a product, you will have all of the kind of background information for how I'm thinking about about this so that you can create your own from scratch. We are going to start with taking stock of what we've learned in terms of musical concepts. And then we will think about all the ways we've actualized those concepts through songs and games and activities. 
Okay, so that's step one and step two. Step three, the real fun begins when we think about how students could transfer that knowledge that we just collected in those documents, you know, songs and games and activities and concepts, how they could transfer that knowledge to a new situation and apply their understanding. This is the fun part because this gets us into improvisation and arranging. And then last, we're going to talk about how we might use that data to plan for next semester. So we're going to think about some assessment and and then also some advocacy, some sharing opportunities here as well. And then at the very end of the episode, I'll share just the very bare bones. <laughs> so if you are floating somewhere between burnout and excitement to try something new, you might think about these three tiers that we'll talk about at the very end of the episode. Okay, let's talk about step one, looking backwards to go forwards. In order for us to craft a review project that really makes sense in our personal curriculum, we're going to need to have an idea of what we've actually taught. Yes. So this is the time to go back to the first semester plans. This is the time to look at the first semester scope and sequence that you've created. And if this has gone off the rails a little bit and you're like, oh, wow, this is what I plan to do. And this is what actually happened, right? The scope and sequence versus reality. This is the time for us as the teacher to get our ducks in a row. So if you had uh, thought that, let's just say you would be at, oh, I don't know, um, introducing quarter notes and eighth notes in first grade, but you are still working on rhythm versus beat. Number one, that's not a problem at all. That's really good because this shows that you are working at your student's pace and not the document's pace, which is a really big idea, uh, a really big deal um, to implement in terms of your curriculum planning process. But this is the time just to make a note of that so that we can be intentional as we craft this review project. While we are on the subject here, uh, you might also be in a situation where you're like, whoa, I don't have any of these documents. <laughs> and if that is you, no problem. I have a video that I came out with about a year ago called planning elementary music curriculum in the middle of the year. So if you are starting your curriculum from scratch, like maybe you are new at a campus or maybe you are wanting to start to think very intentionally about your curriculum right now in a way that you have not really been interested in in the past. And so you're kind of creating all of these plans from scratch right now in the middle of the year. That might be an interesting video for you to watch and kind of get some ideas for how you could approach curriculum planning in December as opposed to, you know, July, August. So as you start this process of looking backwards to go forward, if all you have is a collection, like a sticky note collection of uh, the activities that you have done, as opposed to musical concepts you have taught, that's totally fine. Start right there. And those are the things that you'll review. Perhaps there's a way to look at the fun activities you've done and say, oh, actually we could have been pulling these musical concepts from these fun games we've been playing. And that gives you the opportunity in this December review project to go ahead and intentionally pull some musical concepts out of those fun activities. So regardless of where you are starting this in terms of your curriculum planning, there is absolutely something you have taught 
there's absolutely something that students have interacted with. And that's where we're starting. So ideally, this would be a list of musical concepts, uh, musical concepts, meaning like rhythmic understandings or melodic understandings or um, activities involving form or something like that. And then you have next to those concepts that you are teaching, you have a list of songs and games and activities that are serving that musical concept. Repertoire is obviously a big part of what we do in elementary general music. Uh, and so I have several podcast episodes that you can go back and listen to if this kind of frame of thinking, you know, thinking about the concept and then repertoire to serve the concept. If that is kind of a new approach to you, or if that's something that you're just interested in hearing more about, you can look at episode 10. That is how many songs should I teach each grade per month? You can look at episode 18. That is choosing repertoire for the 2021 20 2022 school year. And you can look at episode 38. That is a quick espresso shot, uh, concept-based teaching and Cinco Pa songs. The other nice thing about this, having a list of all of the songs that you know you have explored in the first semester is this is also, this is kind of an aside, but this is also a really great list to have for a substitute teacher. That way, if you are interested in having like a really active uh, musical experience for your students, even when they have a substitute, if you have a list of songs that you know your students can just pull out of their hats and play Alabama Gal or Doggy Doggy Where's Your Bone all day long, that's a great thing to have. That way, when you have a substitute, you can just give them the directions, but basically the students can kind of manage the classroom on their own. All right, so the first step of our December review project is to look back and have a clear idea of how students have spent their time in music. What musical concepts are we going to review? And then what are the songs and games and activities that students have used to learn those musical concepts? We could absolutely use these as the December review project on their own, right? You could fill the entire month of December, so probably about three weeks, depending on your school schedule, but about three weeks of just playing the same songs and games and doing the same activities that you've done in the first semester. I think that would be a really, really valuable use of your class time, and you would learn a lot about students that way. So keep that in the back of your mind if you are interested in kind of an easy approach into December review. Just do the same exact things that you have been doing. I think that would be a lot of fun. And students also really, really enjoy um, having ownership over the classroom activities. So if you have a list of things on the board that you have done in the first semester and students just get to choose, you know, what are the five things that we will do and they can create the order with you. That is them lesson planning with you on the spot. All right, let's move forward from the that. Let's say that we want to make this a little bit more um, project-based as opposed to just literally reviewing concepts and songs. When we do this, we've talked about looking backwards to go forwards. Now let's talk about transferring knowledge. This is where the big uh, assessment and review process comes in. It's in this transfer. So not just the imitation of the same songs and games and activities, it's students applying their musical knowledge in a new situation. This is where we get so much information about how students are processing musical concepts. Again, transfer instead of imitation. 
Inside the planning binder, all of the December review projects are with original new material. This is something that I have composed or it is something that is based on a uh, musical story, like a picture book, that kind of thing. So it's all new repertoire for these projects. This is not necessarily something that you must do. You know, I don't necessarily feel very, very, very strongly that every single project you do needs to have an original song that you have composed for your students. But again, it does help us get more information because this is new material to students. When it's time to actually teach this song, normally in the planning binder for the month of December, the first lesson of this project, so like the first week in December, is just singing the song and playing the game or doing the musical activity and having just an active musical experience with it. That will give you a lot of information about how quickly students are picking up on these patterns they've been working on in a new situation. But for that very first class, we are just worried about having an active and joyful musical experience. And then all the bells and whistles can come in another lesson in those next two December lessons. When it's time to either create a standalone piece or a, a song that's based on a book, I tend to create songs that are based on a book theme for younger grades, and I tend to create standalone pieces for older grades. That's just the way my brain kind of separates it in my mind. But that said, I know a lot of colleagues who have a lot of success doing activities around picture books in upper grades. So you can, uh, you know, if you are creating this on your own, you do whatever you think think your older students will go for. With older grades, I have, especially this year, uh, these projects are mostly instrumental and then the younger grades are songs based on the book theme. So when I'm creating these songs or these pieces, I want to back up first and say, what is the musical purpose of this song? What is the whole point of this song? It's cool if it sounds fun. It's cool if we can play it on drums, but what is the musical concept that this reviews? So I always start with a very clear idea of either a rhythmic pattern or a melodic pattern or both that I want to incorporate into this piece or the song. And then like we've talked about in some other episodes in the past, I am very intrigued with the idea of fit of alignment in the curriculum. So where does this song fit in the curriculum? What will students need to know before they have success with this song? And then where is this song or this piece? Where is it leading? Where's the logical next step? Let's look at two examples of this really quickly. I'll do a lower elementary and an upper elementary. The second grade song that we are doing is called the Snow Globe Song. And this, as I pull up this second grade review project, this is based on the book Snow Globe Wishes. And in the December review project document for second grade, I have a link that takes you to the Get Epic book in case you do not have this in your library, you don't have access to it for whatever reason. So we have the snow globe wishes book and then the song that we are using here i will sing it for you sounds like this swirling twirling falling all around swirling twirling falling to the ground 
Now, right away, you probably noticed a lot of this so la so me stuff happening all over in this snow globe song. Yes, absolutely. That is intentional. You also might have noticed that we are using do, the tonic pitch, only one time. And you might have noticed that it happens at the very end of the song. And you might have noticed that it happens on the word ground. So the lowest pitch of the song is also on the word ground. Fabulous. Okay, so that is all very intentional. And it comes back to the musical purpose of the song. The other things that you might have noticed is that we have a very simple rhythmic set for this song. We have a beat and a beat subdivision and a beat rest. In this case, we would notate those with a quarter note and beamed eighth notes and a quarter rest. Again, that is all intentional coming from the scope and sequence for second grade first semester. Now, I want to include the game to this really quickly. This is about someone who is actually inside a snow globe. So what might you see if you were standing inside the snow globe with everything all around you, swirling, twirling, and falling to the ground? Uh, with this, you would either use a balloon if you have access to like a white balloon or two, or you could use cotton balls or tissues or anything that students keep in the ground. The idea is that the class is going to make the snow globe and then you have, uh, they're going to make the snow globe by just standing in a circle. And then you have a student or two in the middle and they are keeping up the balloon or the Kleenex in the air, except at the very end of the song, when it falling to the ground, when that happens, they just let the Kleenex drop on the floor. And then you have the next set of students come in. So it is not unlike Plainsies Clapsies in the sense that we have a, a tossing action that we're doing here. Okay, let's look at a different example. This is fourth into fifth grade. It's called Snowstorm, and it is not based on a book. It is just a uh, an instrumental activity. Here is what it sounds like. This is the mallet part. Very simple, very short. Here is what the right hand by itself sounds like. And then the left hand just fills everything in. If you guessed that the purpose of this song is law-based pentatonic, then you would be absolutely correct. And then the uh, rhythmic ostinato that we are playing on tubanos has a lot of syncopation in it because that is a musical, uh, a rhythmic concept that we are working on in upper grades as well. Okay, so we have these like standalone pieces or we have a song and a game based on a book. That is super cute, super fun. We could absolutely end it there. But again, we get our information about review, how students have been interacting with the musical concepts that we have taught in the first semester. We get that information the best from transfer. So instead of just having a fun song and a game, let's move to improvisation and arranging. Wherever we can, even if we are just using the first option of going back and reviewing the songs, absolute imitation of the songs and activities that we've done in the first semester, if there is any opportunity at all for students to have some sort of extension with those activities and let them get into some improvisation and arranging, that is such a great way to get a lot of information from students in a very short time frame. So let's look at, you know, if let's just stick to these two examples of second grade and fourth and fifth grade. We are going to, in second grade, sing the song and play the game. I mentioned that we were doing that in the first lesson. And then 
moving ahead in those next two December classes, we can get into some arranging and then some improvisation. With arranging, we're going to come up with some rhythmic building blocks. And I have these as a printable PDF so that you can print them off and students can physically rearrange them. And then I also have them on a slideshow so that students can see them on the board. Uh, and there's a nice little graphic of the snow globe there as well. <laughs> okay, so we are going to arrange some rhythmic building blocks. We have swirling, pitter patter, snow falling, falling down, cold. You'll notice that these are the uh, rhythmic concepts that we've been working on in the actual song. These are rhythmic patterns, rhythmic understandings that we've done in the first semester. We've highlighted them in the song, and now we're pulling them out even more with these rhythmic building blocks. One quick note here, inside the planning binder, we have standard notation for these uh, rhythmic patterns because that is where our scope and sequence has led us. But if that is not where your students are, you could absolutely do this just with text. You don't necessarily need to have the standard Western notation for these rhythms if that's not what's going to help your students. After we do the arranging activity with the rhythms in the next iteration of this project, students are going to improvise a melody to their rhythmic building block arrangement using the pitches in the song. So notice that in order to do this, students are going to need to have conscious knowledge of the pitches that they are using. So there's some aural identification happening here with so la so mi, that pattern. And then we are also introducing low or do. In the case of the planning binder second grade curriculum, we are about to introduce this vocabulary of do, but right now we're just calling it low. We're describing it by what it is, not the label that the teacher assigns. So, so la, so me, and low or do. And again, this goes back to the purpose of the project. You could choose to have free improvisation, meaning uh, students are just playing on the instruments without any rhythmic or melodic parameters. That would be totally fine. It would just change the purpose of the activity. For us inside the planning binder, we want to review these specific rhythmic and melodic concepts. There's a very purposeful intention behind this review project. But you could absolutely create your own that is, uh, you know, suited to what you have been working on in your specific teaching situation. Okay, so that is second grade. One quick note here, because we're about to contrast it with the fourth and fifth grade idea. One quick note is that when we are improvising a new melody to the rhythmic arrangement that students have created, that improvisation would be different every single time. The intention is not that we are going to go back to the improvisation and find a way to preserve it. That would be moving from improvisation into composition because students are going back and revising their improvisation or solidifying it. That is different from what we're going to do in fourth and fifth grade, which is uh, starting in a similar place, but we're going to arrange rhythmic building blocks this time using some of that rhythmic vocabulary that we've been working on in the first semester, mainly syncopation. So the syncopa is one of the rhythmic building blocks here. From there, after we arrange these rhythmic building blocks, we are going to add a melody in law-based minor and notate it on the staff. For this inside the planning binder, there is, I'm pulling it up right now, 
We have the actual graphics that we're going to use to teach the melody of the song. So we have the visual notation and graphic notation, and then we have a specific way to move it from solfege and the bard instruments directly to the five line staff. So all of those visuals are in the Google Slides presentation. But then when it's time for students to create their rhythmic arrangement, we also have graphics with the rhythmic building blocks and then the different forms that students might use to put these building blocks together. So things like ABAB or ABBA or AAAB or AABB. So whatever form students want to choose to put these rhythmic building blocks together, they have all of that information up on the screen where they can access it easily. And then when it's time for them to write it down on their worksheet, we have an example of a completed worksheet here uh, in these visuals. But again, I'm sharing this so that if you want to steal this idea and create your own version of it in your own classroom, you can do that without buying this specific project. Okay, on the front page, students have a place to write down their arrangement of their rhythm. That's what we're doing first. And then, like I said, we're going to add a melody in law-based minor and notate it on the five-line staff. I have uh, two topics that I want to touch on here. Uh, these are really two topics for us to talk about some other time, but they apply to this project in that the first thing is students are going to come up with their melody first and write it down second. We don't start with notation. We don't start with how to draw little circles on a fence, right? <laughs> we are starting with a musical idea. That comes first. Notation is second. So that's the first thing. And then the second thing is students are not required necessarily to write their ideas in standard Western notation, and certainly not at first. First, there are many ways that they could write a melody. So on that first page, I'm looking at it here. On this first page, we have a place for students to write their rhythmic arrangement. And then underneath that, there is a space for them to use either graphic notation or letter names or solfege to write their melody down. And then on the back page, we have the five line staff where they can transfer their solfege or whatever it is they've written down first. They can transfer that solfege to to the five line staff. And by the way, when I look at this five line staff, again, this is a conversation for another time, but when I look at this five line staff, I have created these worksheets so that it has the barred instrument set up vertically. That way, if students have memorized their pattern, which they should do first, and they know that they are starting on D and then moving up to F. They have a direct transfer of this barred instrument so that D is in alignment with this, uh, you know, very low space both below the last line on the staff. So hopefully that makes sense. Basically, I have created the graphics so that the instrument lines up with the lines and spaces on the staff. And like I said, that's a conversation for another time, but I think it's important here because we are talking about how students are going to transfer their knowledge to this review project. And then that gives us so much information. How do students do with the transfer from graphic notation or letter names or whatever they're using? How do st students handle that transition from the graphic notation to the five line staff? And then the question on everyone's mind, <laughs> what if they're not making that transition or what if they're making that transition, but it's like really, really difficult <laughs> to transfer solfege to the five line staff? That is assessment data. That is the whole point of this project project. 
Okay, so in this fourth and fifth grade project, and with all of these projects really, and as you create your own December review projects, you can have students share their musical improvisations or their arrangements in a rondo form. That's normally the easiest way to go here. So give students time to practice their arrangement before they do it in rondo form, or give students lots of different opportunities to try lots of different variations for their improvisation. And then we can share it in rondo form with the main song. Another way to do this is just to have students, especially if you have like partners working together as opposed to a group of, you know, four students, just have partners pair with another group. So now if you had two students, they are in a group of four and have each group teach their uh, rhythmic arrangement or whatever it is, have them teach their musical idea to the other group. That is a way for students to share their improvisations or share their arrangements with each other. Now, let's talk about transferring all of this stuff that we've been doing outside the music room walls. Because if you do a project like this, that's like based on a book and students are moving in the context of a game and they are improvising, they're working with each other, they are teaching their ideas to each other, they're performing in a rondo, all of this stuff, and especially if it's around a theme, right? A winter theme, all of this stuff is super, super cool. And your administration is going to love to see this. And you have student family members who will also love to see this. So let's talk about transferring this outside the music walls. This is where we get into things like advocacy. And this is where our, uh, our music assessment, our music curriculum, all of this stuff really serves the music program in terms of how we can communicate student work out to the public, out to the rest of the school, and then to our community at large. In the planning binder, there is um, an invitation to share the final videos, to video the final rondo form or have students talk about their arrangement or whatever it is. Um, take a video of that and then share it with the school community through Seesaw or the school website. Now, very quickly here, I am a big stickler about having written permission, not verbal permission, not you shooting out an email saying, hey, we're going to video your kid, um, but having actual explicit written permission from your administration and every single student guardian. In 99.999 cases, uh, taking video and sharing it with parents on Seesaw is going to be totally fine. Or taking video and sharing it on the school website is going to be totally fine. But we want to absolutely be protective of students, whatever percentage of students where that is not appropriate for their specific situation. So with that kind of uh, disclaimer checked, <laughs> once you have written permission from administration and the student guardians, go ahead and take a final video of the Rondo form and put on the school website or on Seesaw and just write a little blurb like these are the musical concepts that students are reviewing. These are the social processes that they had to walk through in terms of working with a group or sharing with a group or brainstorming movement ideas or whatever it is and really share that out to your community. That can be a really great advocacy piece. If you're in a situation where you do not have written permission and you just don't feel like getting it because that can absolutely be a hassle. The other thing that you can do is just communicate with your classroom teacher or with your uh, librarian or the school secretary or the janitorial staff or the lunchroom staff. Share with some other adult in the room that at the end of this third class period, students are going to be putting on some sort of musical presentation of their own original musical idea. 
ideas and then have some other school individual come into the classroom at the end of that third lesson in December. And as long as you communicate this ahead of time, it should be no problem for you to find someone to snag in and be the audience member. All right, we've talked a lot about a lot of things. Let's look back. We've talked about grounding this activity, this project in the curriculum. So looking back in order to go forward, we need to have a purpose for this review project. We need something that we are actually reviewing. So looking back at the scope and sequence and your concepts and songs lists so that you have a clear idea of what you're actually reviewing. We've also talked about the transfer of knowledge, so making the decision to either transfer it to a new musical setting and use improvisation and arranging, or finding some way to extend the work students have already been doing in those uh, songs and activities and games that you've been working on in the past. So finding some way to transfer the knowledge can really bring this review project up a notch and give you a lot of really good information. We've talked about the role of improvisation and arranging. We've talked about sharing the final musical product outside the music classroom walls and how much that can help with advocacy. And now let's look at kind of wrapping up with a review and an assessment and next semester planning. We've had this really active musical experience where students have had a hand in shaping the musical material through improvisation and arranging. So now let's look at what we are, how we can wrap this up. What is the bow on the actual project itself? Because we've done the kind of group sharing activity with the video or with the uh, lunch monitor or with the classroom teacher. Now let's look at a very specific musical component of this December review project. In terms of review, having a document that lists out what you've taught and what you know needs to be reviewed can be very helpful here. We already talked about creating a master list of all of the songs and concepts and games and activities that students have done. So with those activities on the board, students can choose their favorites to close out the classes in December. This gives students a choice in the activities, and it also opens up a conversation about what types of musical experiences students enjoy having. That really helps us plan our second semester and put the things that students are interested in at the front of our minds. So letting students choose these activities. We also have some self-assessment, a bunch of self-assessment maps inside the planning binder. And I'm going to, get to describe them here for you in case you want to, again, steal this idea and create your own. We have concepts and skills maps. This is a map. Let me pull one up. This is for fourth and fifth grade. At the top, it says, I can dot, dot, dot. And then we have one musical concept. So Takadi in this situation. And then we have all of these bubbles shooting off of Takadi. I can sing. I can play it. I can move to it. I can read it. And I can read it in whatever notation system we are using. I can write it in graphic notation or with text or with rhythmic syllables, rhythmic symbols, rather. Um, I can improvise with it. I can arrange it. I can hear it and recognize it. All of these things that hopefully students are like two thumbs up. Yes, I can do all of those things with Talkity. 
And next to this map, this bubble map, <laughs> we have a list of the songs that we have used to explore Takadi. That way we have this very direct, um, you know, I don't remember moving to it. Oh yeah, we did. in you know, X song, or I don't remember Arlie identifying it. Oh yeah. We have the list of songs and activities that we've used. So that can help students in their conversations with this self-assessment. And I have a different map for these self-assessments with every other musical concept that we've worked on in the first semester of the planning binder. So that is a really great way to get students talking about what they have actually done and what they have enjoyed from the first semester. And then when it comes to next semester planning, especially with the older students, there are two very specific uh, conversation topics that we want to have and just make a sticky note, uh, jot down so that we can have those again in the front of our mind as we plan for the next semester. We have the first question, what were your absolute favorite things? We've done all of this review. We've talked about all of the games and activities that we've done. So of this list of songs on the board, and by the way, as I look at this, um, this has a music time graphic, and then it has rhythm review, all the songs we used for rhythm review, melody review, all the songs we used to review melody, and then takadi, and then law-based minor. And you know, everything is here on one graphic. That is really helpful for students to be able to just reference really quickly so that they can talk with the people next to them and then share out as a class, what were their favorite things that they did in the first semester? And then the follow-up question to that is the prompt, if I were the music teacher, here are the musical things we would do in this class. All right, let's talk about wrapping up and moving forward. Here are some things to consider when you are creating your own December review projects, or when you are adapting the ones, you know, if you're already inside the planning binder, or if you have plans to purchase one of these review projects, if you are going to create your own, we can go very, very bare bones. This is back to the, uh, knowing your own capacity conversation. You can just create a list of songs and concepts, and then students choose their favorites and have a choice day for the three classes in December, and then wrap it up at the end of the class, at the end of the third class, wrap it up with a team meeting about what you're going to do next semester. That would be the absolute bare bones idea for a December review project. Beautiful. That would totally, totally work. The extension of that, the next step would be to use some previously learned songs to review some concepts, but then go ahead and add a B section or another invitation for students to arrange and improvise. That would be a, an easy extension in a lot of situations. And then like the most magical winter wonderland kind of thing, <laughs> the most involved would be to choose a book and create an original song based off of the concepts your students are working on. That is what I have done with all of the uh, grade levels inside the planning binder. And then find a way to showcase students' musical ideas, either using improvisation or arranging or perhaps even composition, and then find a way to share those outside the classroom. This is, in my opinion, this is a really, really fun way to kind of break up the music classroom structure and find a way to add something new, to kind of breathe new life into your semester if you feel kind of burnt out on the day-to-day -day lesson planning implementation. 
It's a nice way to get students working together in different capacities because we are using new repertoire, we are using new picture books, we are having students work together with improvisation and arranging, and then having that uh, project cap where we share out what we have been working on with a seesaw video or with a classroom teacher or even just with each other. Having that sharing moment really, really, really makes this special. And then capping it off with a team meeting can really bring a sense of uh, closure to the semester and it gets everybody excited about what's to come because we've talked about our favorite things and where we want to go from here. So, like I said, this is my personal process. This is uh, all of the things that have been going on in my brain as I created these December review projects. And these are things that, like I said, you can grab inside the planning binder. You could also grab them as standalone projects, or you can use these as activities to create your own December review projects. All right, that's it. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope you have a fabulous rest of your week.